is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That's Big O, Big O Tires. Right now through September 6th, save $150 on Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires anniversary sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to uh, Sean O'Connell, our boy OC, coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, Sean, co-host of Pac-12 Today on Sirius and XM Radio. Uh, ran into uh, OC down at Pac-12 Media Day. Yeah, that thing uh, covered top to bottom, as you would expect. Mm, it's always good. good running into OC. Oh, sure. It, honestly, one of the most interesting people that uh, <laughs> the I most have, interesting man in the world that I have come across. Sean is a very <laughs> interesting uh, person, very thoughtful, and obviously a world-class athlete. Who, uh, yeah, has who a great could beat the living daylights out. Of well, yeah, and he could to. play a little football back in his day too. So you know. He played linebacker at Weber State or something, wasn't it? Walked down to Utah and then played at Weber, yeah. Uh-huh. And his, uh, we won't ask him to do it because he tells it over uh, the, the story <laughs> so many times, but his story about Urban Meyer is one of the great hilarious stories of all time. Oh, well, let's have, let's have him tell it. Well, see, that's one of those stories, though, that I'm sure he's like, every person he comes across is like, hey, tell the Murphy story. All right. I mean, you've heard it a million times. Tell the Murphy story. Anyway. It's always good. But anyway, we'll talk about Sean and his expectations (laughs) for the Utes uh, coming up. The Utes uh, are going to be good, Jake. They're going to be good. How good? Real good. You say that, but how good? They're going to contend for the Pac-12 title. Oh, contend. They're picked second in the division. Are they going to win it or not? I would favor them right now, yeah. I, would. I think they're going to be good. For reason, got, what reasons? they got a lot of talent on that team. The offense clearly outshined the defense in the scrimmage. On- <laughs> <laughs> the defense is going to be good. they got athletes, man. He's got athletes, and Kyle Whittingham is a hell of a coach. He's got everything in place. The question is, can they get over the top? Can they do that? Now, I don't know the answer to that question. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them in the Pac-12 championship game. I want to know if they have a home run hitter at running back. I think they do. I don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, see, therein lies the problem. And by the way, at the at the scrimmage, that was the the when talking about the running backs, that was the theme: is that they're all good. They've got this great running back room and all this. And it, are you and, suggesting and, if you have four running backs, you don't have any? Okay, no, maybe. But in Utah's case. We got to wait because when it's sifted out, sometimes it takes a couple of games at Utah, but mm-hmm. when they figure it out, then it's off to the races. It happened last year yeah, with, with Ty, with Ty yeah. Jordan. But I mean, remember when uh, when Darrell Mack was in a position battle with Daryl Poston and Ray Stowers? Do you remember those yeah. names? Uh-huh. And it took, I, God, I can't remember, probably three games, two, three games before Witt was like, oh, wait, <laughs> we have the best running back in the conference on our team. Well, you know, um, but, like but it, he said about the quarterback race this year, don't hold them to anything. But here's the thing: when Utah, when when and we say wit, you know, it's the coaching staff up there. When they find the guy, they go for, they go with it. They're not they they're not you know, they'll adjust to new information. Does that make any sense? This is what I have to respect about that, because some coaches jump straight to their favored player to their to their guy, and yeah. and the other guys don't really get a chance. And if I'm a player, I don't mind that. I, I want to one. I want to earn it. Two. I I want I want everybody to have a fair shot at it. And if I'm the best guy, then play me. If so and so is the best guy, then play him. But don't play favorites. Well, and Utah doesn't at that position. Case in point, last year. Uh, I mean, Jordan Wilmore and Devin Brumfield are really good players. Mm-hmm. They didn't happen to be as good as Ty Jordan, who might have been the best running back in the league as a freshman. And Witt went with Ty Jordan. That's right. It just took him a little while. It just took him. Well, probably again a compliment to, to Wilmore and Brumfield, yeah. 
who are both good players. Probably either one of them. Well, I don't know. I don't know how good the the running back room is, but Wilmore or Brumfield might be the starter. Might have been the go to guy this year if they would have stuck around. And and they might have been really really good, and they might have been very productive. But I like it because. I mean, we've all seen coaches who have some bias right from jump because of something that happened somewhere where they married one guy and they said, okay, that's my yeah. go- that's my starter. I love the fact that other guys get a shot. And then, you know, it may cost you a little bit early on, but yeah, it, it uh, is fair to everyone. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It is no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, he is, of course, co-host of Pac-12 Today on Sirius and XM Radio. He's our friend Sean O'Connell. What's up, OC? Doing well. How are you guys? Hey, uh, we're doing all right, and uh, we want to start here with you. I know this isn't easy to talk about because uh, you had a relationship with Coach, but I know you worked with him for several years. Sean, your thoughts on on uh, the passing of Coach Peace and the uh, the legacy that he leaves at the University of Utah? Well, it's sad news for everyone who's uh, been around the program and got a chance to get to know Coach Peace. He truly was a great man and I know that a lot of folks are you know prone to hyperbole when you're eulogizing someone or you're talking about someone who passed but um, he really he really was a difference maker obviously going all the way back to his own playing days at the University of Utah and several different stints as a coach at the University of Utah and then after the fact um, you know (laughs) analyzing the Utes on the radio or uh, stopping by to consult with the coaches that are much younger than him on the staff now. He just, he's a big time difference maker. And he truly cared about everyone that he came in contact with. Uh, I know I tweeted this out, so forgive me for being redundant. But one of the things I learned from Coach Pease uh, was that, you know, especially when you're in the media, but really in life, criticize the action, not the person and especially with sports so often you see people make mistakes and you forget that they're college kids and you see mistakes in a game and you say that a guy is dumb or that he's soft or that he doesn't have it or that he's slow and coach having been around every level of football was still the guy that would criticize the mistake rather than the person and you know, he didn't write players off just because they were the wrong fit and didn't say that guy stinks just because he had a bad game. And that's something that uh, I learned from him, that you got to be a little bit more patient. And, you know, he always talked about me like I was a real player, even though he knew very well that I was, you know, a crappy walk-on who didn't really contribute much of anything. He still gave respect to people like that. So you can't say enough about the man and what a loss it is that he's – no longer here, but I hope we all get a chance to remember him fondly and keep telling stories about him. Yeah, I'll tell you, see, I agree with you 100%. Isn't it nice to know that there are people like that in this world? I mean, he, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the coaching profession, right? Because we get so focused on, you know, how it's all business and how, you know, we, we see these big contracts and, you know, you forget that a lot of these guys feel called to the profession because they truly do want to help young men and young women in other sports succeed. And that's that's who Coach Pease was. And uh, hopefully, you know, he passed that on. There's a little piece of him in everyone that's been on a staff with him and that has worked with him, you know. He's an important mentor for Kyle Whittingham at one point in his career. He's been a hugely important mentor for Morgan Scally when he was kind of being groomed to take over that defense. So uh, obviously, you know, his legacy lives on at the University of Utah. I said this earlier, Sean, I I think his last coaching stint that year as defensive coordinator to mentor Morgan, as you bring up, but I, I think in hindsight that it was a stroke of brilliance and that you still, you know, OC, you go up there to that practice and you still see Coach Peace's legacy uh, played out on that practice field every day, I'm sure. You're absolutely right. And, you know, this is, it's always going to be a defense that does more than keep the other team out of the end zone, right? It's going to be a defense that 
takes away the run game completely. It's going to be a defense that tries to create havoc plays and turnovers, that tries to score themselves, uh, and it's going to be a defense that you do not let the opposing offense get seven yards a, a pass per attempt or more, right? Because those numbers, John Pease would talk about those numbers being and how the percentages would go up. This is a guy that played in 1964 and was using analytics you know, in his coaching career, he's an old school guy that was still using the analytics. He would play the percentages and he would talk all the time about how likely it was if you could make these three or four things happen defensively, you were going to get a win. He was focused on special teams. I mean, the guy, he was a brilliant coach and he connected with all of his players. Like, it's, it's a rarity that you get people to, that are that good at all aspects of their job, but he was. And uh, I think that, you know, the staff is modeled after that. Still, most of the people on the staff now are incredibly well-rounded human beings and people that excel not only uh, in the job and in the X's and O's, but that are, are good at the mentoring and the leadership and making sure guys care about them in their daily lives. And that's why Utah has the, the family atmosphere that it does on the football field. You know, see, another thing I remember him saying was – um, he, he said, essentially, this isn't Kyle Whittingham's team. This isn't John Peace's team. This is the players' team. And he said, that's what, this is a direct quote, he said, that's what great teams do. It's what they are. It's about them. It is them. They take care of each other. I love that stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes you hear things from coaches that are self-interested and all that. John was so far past that. He... I got the impression from him he couldn't care less what what accolades came his way. He was trying to create an environment like you were talking about where where young people could succeed. Well, look, he by request he didn't he didn't want funeral services, right? I mean, he did, he's he's the kind of guy who didn't want all of us sitting around talking about him. So sorry, <laughs> coach, that we're not obeying your your last wishes because we love you. And I think Gordon, some of that maybe comes from the time he spent in the NFL. And, you know, because NFL teams are player-led to a degree that college teams cannot be. And the the best college coaches uh, can bring that kind of back to their own locker room. And even though these are young people and they're going to make a lot of mistakes, you say, look, man, if you want me to be your dad and stand up here and tell you everything to do, fine. But that's not going to make for a successful football team. He understood that team leadership – and self-governance was massively important to big-time success on a football field. That, that's the way the NFL programs that he was part of were run, and he felt the same way in college, and he trusted players to, to do those things. And that's – I think people are adopting it. I think good teams and good programs have adopted that, but I don't know if people were adopting it before Pease in this state. Sean O'Connell with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sean, I do want to talk some camp with you, of course. Um, what are you hearing about the quarterback race? How close is it really? I think that uh, it's not as – I mean, well, I'll say this. I haven't got an opportunity to watch practice, right, because none of us have. But I think that this is Charlie Brewer's team, and that's a reversal from what I was seeing and hearing Uh, Even coming out of spring ball, a lot of the conversation was, look, man, just wait. Cam Rising won the job last year. Cam Rising is going to win the job again. And I think that uh, Charlie Brewer, that spring game, he obviously looked great. But I think that, you know, his um, development with with the receivers and the voluntary workouts and and tight ends of the voluntary workouts, his leadership on this team, I I do believe that this is going to be Charlie Brewer's job. I hope that doesn't mean Cam Rising looks for greener pastures. I hope that doesn't mean that Jaquinda Jackson doesn't feel valued and that you know he knows that there's going to be some offensive packages for him. But at the end of the day, there's those old cliches about having too many quarterbacks, and I, I really think that they've got their guy and that it's going to be Charlie Brewer. But we'll see because they haven't. You know, Cam Rising's obviously playing well enough that this coaching staff is not ready to declare anything just yet. So, O.C., uh, this is something that uh, that Jake and I have discussed. Kyle Whittingham, before this season started, he said, we want to do better with the throw game, as he likes to call it. Do you think this offense with Charlie Brewer, whoever's the trigger man, 
Do you think that they will uh, be a little more adept at, at putting the ball in the air when they need to, as opposed to just turning around and giving it to a running back? Yes, I do. Um, and part of the reason is because the tight end group is exceptional. I mean, you've got four tight ends we're going to see on the field this year. Not one, Brand Keithy, who's a you know, preseason all-conference type guy who we've seen his versatility uh, he's going to be used as that Swiss Army knife, but uh, you've got Dalton Kincaid who's going to get on the get out on the field. Uh, you've got Cole Fotheringham, who's obviously probably the more true old school tight end, or great blocker in line. You know, making the, the extension of the tackle kind of thing. You're going to see a bunch of that, and I mean, you've got Britton Covey, who uh, is a great possession receiver. I hope that he's more than that at this point in his career. You know, uh, coming off of the injuries and, and finally being 100% healthy. I hope that we get some of that burst we saw from him as a true freshman. But um, the concern for me is that the wide receiving group, and I know that they've been gushing about Theo Howard, and I'm excited to see what he brings. I, I really like Demon Bailey, uh, you know, former walk-on. I always got to give those guys shout-outs. But this wide receiver group, going all the way back really to when Utah joined the Pac-12, has been – comparatively uh, substandard. Like, they haven't been the same kind of talent that Oregon has had or that USC has had or that Arizona State has had. I mean, you go through every team in the Pac-12 except for maybe <laughs> except for maybe Oregon State and Arizona. And, you know, on balance, you take the whole decade of Pac-12 football, and I think – the wide receiving position has been a, a bit of a liability for the University of Utah. So the chicken and the egg argument is, well, if now Andy Ludwig has put together an offense that utilizes those guys more, will you get better recruits? And that answer is only yes if you have a quarterback who can consistently deliver deliver the ball to those guys on time, on schedule, uh, and you know give them room to run. And I think that whoever it is, it, Cam Rising has displayed this ability as well. Whoever it is has that, and, and Ludwig is given control of the offense now. So I think it's going to be a better throw game than we're accustomed to. What about on defense, OC? Are there any question marks over there that you're going to have your eye on? Uh, I mean, not really, because even though they're, they're breaking in some new bodies, um, you know, Van Fillinger and Xavier Carlton, we knew what they were as high school players, right? They had effectively, um, you know, a free redshirt year last year where they actually got to be on the field and play without compromising their eligibility a little bit. Uh, and if they're good enough to push Max Tupai out into a transfer portal, then those guys, uh, I think, are going to be awesome. Um, the linebacking core is maybe, uh, you know, Devin Lloyd is maybe the best individual linebacker that this team has had in the Kyle Whittingham era, uh, whether or not Nephi Sewell can step up to the level so it's a duo like a Gianni Paul, Jared Norris type duo or a Chase Hansen, Cody Barton, where you had these two incredible inside backers that were really both you know, NFL caliber type guys. Uh, that's a question, but it's a small one because what we've seen from Sewell has been very encouraging. And now you've got a bunch of young guys at that position who are higher-rated recruits than Utah's ever had there. So uh, the question would be health, I guess, but I always trust Utah's defense. So do, would you pick them to, to win the South? Or are you uh, that confident? I'm confident that next year this Utah football team will win the South. I think this year it's going to be an absolute dogfight uh, and it's going to come down to what happens when Utah plays USC at the Coliseum. If you can shake that monkey off your back and you can get a win on the road, they'll be division champs. But that is an incredibly talented USC team, as it always is. And I'm a believer in Keaton Slovis. Last year, the inconsistencies with his arm were related to an injury to that arm. So I think that with him back healthy, uh, you know, they're going to be a real problem for everybody and Utah hasn't proved to us that they can win at the Coliseum. So you gotta gotta get over that hump. And then I will definitively say that yeah, they're the Pac-12 South champs. You know, see, uh, one of us between Jake and I predicted that Keaton Slovis would be great one day, and it wasn't Jake. 
You 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 <laughs> crowned him already great after one start. <laughs> all right. I was a little early. All right, all right. <laughs> That's never happened to me okay. before. Jake, you never sound like a genius if you wait until someone's great to tell them tell, tell them that they're great. You know Good what I mean? Point. You always gotta you gotta and and no one remembers when you're wrong. I, I said that I didn't think Joey Bosa was going to be as good in the pros as he was in college, and you know people don't call me out for that. But I have to remind myself that every good prediction I've had comes with a bad one as well. Speaking I'm, of predictions, and look, I've listened to your show. I've listened to your show enough to know that Gordon's been dead wrong on about half of those predictions. So. Ouch! That one hurt. Uh, speaking of predictions, so uh, what do you make of what's going on in Provo OC? Do you think that uh, BYU will be able to follow up or even come close to what they did a year ago, or is this going to be a rebuilding year? I think it's going to be somewhat of a rebuilding year, but I think they're going to be a decent team. I think they're going to be tough. I think that um, you know they've we don't talk about BYU's recruiting because they don't get the same caliber of athletes that Utah does when it comes to like the star ratings, right? But they did well in the transfer portal again. Uh, Kalani Sataki and and his staff are getting closer. They're closing the gap. They're not they're not close to it yet, but they're closing the gap on player development between where they have been in the past and where Utah has been now for a good amount of time. So they're they're taking a page of that book. They're getting much better at player development. And you know, this I, I said this before and I know you guys aren't asking about it, but I said it as soon as name image and likeness became a thing, I said one of the very few teams that can elevate their status in college football is BYU with name image and likeness opportunities. Because Alabama's already great. They're gonna stay great. Clemson, great going to stay great Notre Dame all of those like they're they're always going to have the top recruits going to those schools BYU is such a unique place where they've got this fanatical fan base that actually exists nationwide a lot of those individuals are highly successful entrepreneurs and business owners who like pine for the success the return to glory days of BYU and we saw that just the early rumblings of it with this this built bar sponsorship where everybody on the team's getting money even walk-ons, which is such a feel-good. But that's just the tip of the iceberg for BYU. Mark my word, in two or three years, there are going to be guys going to BYU again that they have been losing consistently to Stanford, right? Stanford has gotten the best LDS recruits in the country because of their defensive coordinator for like the last seven years. Those guys are going to start coming back to BYU because BYU is going to be able to offer them new things and name, image, and likeness. Last thing for me, O.C., as somebody who played for Urban Meyer, Gordon and I were talking about this earlier, how do you think he's going to handle losing a lot of games in Jacksonville? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> Look, I, I, don't, I don't think Urban's going to be a good NFL coach. And I say that not to be insulting to Urban, but I just think that there are styles, there are coaching styles. And I think he's a smart guy, and I'm sure he's a different coach now than he was at the University of Utah. We've seen enough evidence from the way his other programs have manifested to, to definitively say, yeah, he's a different coach now than he was when he was at Utah. But the Urban Meyer that coached at Utah and was successful at Utah was a dictator. You did things his way. You sat down. You shut up when he told you to. You worked out in a, as hard as human beings are allowed to work out um, without hurting their bodies. Like, he did things. He dictated the pace. And it was the way that he, he had this formula and you can't do that in the NFL. It's a collaborative thing. It's more about being a, a general manager and a, and a personality. And Urban is not that. I don't, at least we haven't seen evidence of that. He's a guy that has to be able to grind you down to a stump. And in college, it was only for three or four years. In the NFL, guys are going to be like, I'm not dealing with this, man. I'm not dealing with this. You don't get to talk to me like that. I am not doing things the way you want me to because guess what? Collective bargaining protects me from being here at 5 a.m. flipping tires. Sorry, we're not doing it that way, Coach. I don't think he's going to be successful in the NFL. Speaking of who's going to be successful in the NFL, what do you think about Zach Wilson? I like the fact that Zach Wilson, um, he, when asked about the mistakes that he's making, he's talking about, well, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. Like, the idea that people expect him to jump from a group of five schedule last year to being 
you know, the best thing going in the NFL right now is just with the personnel he has around him with the New York Jets, by the way, and, and the worst organization that the NFL has seen in the last decade or so. Like, it's going to take time. I think that Zach Wilson is going to be fine. I worry about him being a little bit on the smaller side bulk-wise for an NFL quarterback, especially if his offensive line doesn't keep him clean. But there are a lot of young quarterbacks that made a lot of mistakes and threw a lot of bad interceptions, and we didn't write them off before they'd even played a regular season game. So you won't find me doing that. I think that you know he's going to go through probably 10 more humbling experiences. Uh, he's probably going to have to learn – how to do more film study than he ever had to to excel in college. But he's a very smart individual. He's got crazy arm talent. And as soon as he gets the personnel around him and a couple of good games that start to build his confidence, look out. Because when that kid plays confident football, he is an absolute nightmare for defenses to handle. Gordon, you should have seen what a celebrity OC was at Pac-12 Media Day. They had this big set. Everybody was lining up to go on. I was just like, oh, I just I, I just want to tell everybody in the room that I know the guy. You know, like, hey, I know OC, you know. We've hung out Could before. I, Jake, I got to give you a little, like, it's so funny because when I'm sitting there on that set, right, with the, the SiriusXM guys, Everyone knows Evan Moore. Everyone knows Ryan Leaf. Everyone knows Rick Neuheisel. Everyone knows Jeff Schwartz. Everyone comes through, and they see me, and they shake my hand, and as soon as I say, hey, Sean O'Connell, they get up from the table. They never remember the name Sean O'Connell again. <laughs> I, it's just like, dang it. You get, it's, when, you're, when you're the least important in a group of, like, seven people, it's really annoying, okay? I just, for one minute want to be the cool guy at the table instead of like the one who's just clinging to the coattails of all those other individuals. I told Kyle Whittingham at the coach's dinner the night before, because we're walking around and every school's got a former NFL player like representing. I'm the only former youth there. <laughs> I told Coach Witt, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry that you have to look around this room and see like a former Stanford NFL guy and an Oregon duck that played in the NFL for 10 years and, you know, all these guys. And then you look at the only other Ute in the room is that guy. He's me. And he just started laughing. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, but OC, you, you have the sure knowledge that you could beat them all up if need That be. is true, Gordon. And I'm glad you said it and not me because it sounds a little less arrogant when I just <laughs> affirm it rather than being the one to claim it. But, yes, it's uh, – that's the only thing that I use to make myself feel better. I look at these <laughs> six foot seven inch behemoths that played for five years catching passes from whoever, and I'm like, you know what? You're a great tight end, but I could beat you up. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I can sympathize with your uh, you know famous co-host stuff, OC, as as Gordon's other guy for years now. I I know what you're talking about, too. I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, well, about. we used to te- we, OC. We used to tease Jake. That he was on the show with me, but his name wasn't on the show. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Never again. That. Now Jake's a star. Yeah. Well, Austin, well, Austin called me and said, hey, will you come be on the Gordon Monson show? I was like, don't you guys call it something else now? <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, but you know what it is. In, in, in reality, it's the Gordon Monson <laughs> show. Yeah, we know. Uh, that's all right. All. Not at I'm, all. Cool. I'm Gordon Monson. I'm cool with it. You know, yeah. the Gordon. That just means I'm really, really old. See, that's what that means. <laughs> Um, OC, you are the best. Thank you, as always, for dropping by. It's always good to hear from you. And it was fun seeing you down there in L.A. Yeah, man. Let's, uh, let's talk some more football throughout the season, shall we? Yep. Let's do it, buddy. Thanks, Sean. That's our friend OC, Sean O'Connell. Again, Pac-12 today on Sirius XM Radio, co-host with uh, Jeff Schwartz, as you heard him mention uh, Jeff. There. If you guys don't know Sean, he's a, he's a former MMA fighter and one tough cookie, but a very nice man. All right, out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew. And, Andrew, there's probably a lot of nice men out there that are uh, dealing with ED, probably dealing with it in silence, and they don't need to be. Yeah, that's right. If you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, you no longer uh, have to suffer. A lot of guys um, don't like the pill, of course, but there's a lot of guys that never even take the pill. They just accept the fact that things don't work in the bedroom. They want to avoid maybe the awkward conversation with the doctor or the pharmacy. And uh, you don't have to do that anymore. Wasatch Medical, with our wave technology, backed by almost 50 clinical studies, repairs very gently and opens up the blood vessels. 
you can imagine what 50 or 60% more blood flow in this part of the body would do in the bedroom. Pretty great things. And that's what it's clinically shown to do with just a few short sessions. We can get you back to normal, get rid of the ED, and restore some of that normal function. Just a few short sessions. So you can be they, like, it's not years down the line or months, it's, it's just a little time. It's a little time, yeah. Uh, two to three weeks is the typical length of time. Uh, let's call that the first week of September. Uh, what would your relationship look like if erectile dysfunction were no longer an issue? What would the intimacy or overall uh, happiness level, I think it's kind of all attached, what would that look like if you didn't have to take a pill? That is reality. If you start treatments this week, you could be done by the first week of September. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call, and you're doing a lot for free right now. We are. Uh, the initial assessment, exam, and screening with the doctor, we feel like that's a great thing to do just to, to ensure that you're a good candidate. It's free. Uh, he'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. You'll get the gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom. That's worth the trip. Uh, you can leave your wallet at home. There's zero obligation. It is all totally no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. This comes from Ralph Amsdead. says, I listen to way too much Pac-12 region sports radio, and there's a ton of personalities that I like. But David DJ James and PK Kinahan in Salt Lake, they are elite. So, boys and girls, we are elite. All right. So, boys, I'm elite. And my supporting cast, Jay Catch and David James, they're elite, too. I don't know how to put this. But I'm kind of a big deal. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update camp rolling on down in Provo. Uh, BYU head coach Kalani Satake talked about what questions remain on the depth chart. I think we kind of know where our depth chart is sitting right now. There's some positions that we know for sure how it's going to look, and then there's others that, that take a little bit more. But if, right now, there's a, I know you guys may not like it, but there's a lot of ores still right now, which is a good sign. What we're trying to do is just solidify who's going to be the definite starter and who's going to be a definite backup. And then if we still unsure, that means that they're both really good, and maybe we have to change personnel groups or change some stuff scheme-wise to get, get the best 11 on the field. So, yeah, I, I think that's starting to form, Jay. I, I see it happening a lot quicker than other times. It's just the one this is the one that you guys all are interested in, and that's the quarterback. Everything else is starting to shape up pretty quick. This update brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Join Hanson Scotty coming up on Thursday from Ochre Mountain Pharmacy, 10 to 2, uh, 3665 South, 8400 West out in Magna. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to OC for jumping on with us in the last segment. Um... You asked him about uh, Zach Wilson, Gordon. Uh, interesting over the weekend, uh, some local quarterbacks playing pretty well. Jordan Love uh, uh, doing a nice job. Um, you know, I think uh, you alluded to this earlier in the show. I think these coaches kind of wanted to set these quarterbacks up for success, and you kind of saw some simple routes and those sorts of things. But Zach Wilson played well. Jordan uh, Love played well. And uh, John Harbaugh credited Tyler Huntley with winning the game. <laughs> for the for the Ravens scoring that touchdown and so uh, Austin Taysom and I were talking. Taysom Hill played too. Taysom Hill played well. Austin and I were talking uh, before the show how well Brady Christensen played over the weekend. It was a it was a good weekend for the most part for 
kind of the, the local prospects trying to make it in the next level. Okay, so let's examine the way these rookie quarterbacks were handled. It's a preseason game. We get that. None of this really matters. None of the results really matter. But obviously, these guys are being studied and taught as they go. But do you think that this quarterback's class with guys like uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, uh, and others, do you think this could really turn out to be a bumper crop of quarterbacks? Or do you think that's – I know it's impossible to tell right now, but uh, any inkling of an idea about that? Um, Okay, so this this is my jaded side is that we get told about every third year or so that this is the next. What was the, the Dan, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly draft? Oh. What was that, 84? Well, the, well, the two th- wasn't the 2005 class really good? I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I mean, is this, but, is this but that But that's the thing. We hear that every other year, and then most of the times it turns out to be garbage, right? <laughs> I mean, we heard it uh, the, what, 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 the, just a couple years ago with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and who else was in that class? That was Baker Mayfield, right? And all these quarterbacks, and usually, well, about one turns out okay. You know, I remember uh, the, the first draft I kind of remember vividly in my mind that everybody compared to the Dan Marino, you know, this is the next 1984, whatever, was the, uh, the 1990. Did Marino and uh, Elway come out the same year? Yeah, I think no. it, it was Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway, right? There's a really good 30 for 30 on, the, wow. on that draft. Um, but uh, remember, that was this draft. Remember, uh, Tim Couch went number one in 1999 to okay. the Cleveland Browns. Donovan McNabb went number two. Akili Smith Oof. Went number three in that draft. Dante Culpepper went number 11. Cade McNown went number 12. By the way, John Tate was in that draft from BYU. Um, and I'm trying to remember or, or check here. I don't think there were any other quarterbacks in the first round. But those were it, the, those five quarterbacks. And out of those, how many? Donovan McNabb turned out to be really good. Pro mm-hmm. bowler, went to a Super Bowl, can't, you Sold know. Sold a lot of Campbell's suit. Yeah, right. Akili Smith was a total bust. Mm-hmm. Tim Couch was behind the eight ball to begin with, but I don't think any, he didn't have a failure of a career like Akili Smith, but it wasn't great, right? Right. Then you look down at Dante Culpepper, who was okay, and Cade McNown, who might as well not have played. <laughs> so there was one hit, two okay, and two real miss. Don't so, most drafts kind of turn out to be that? This, so, this I would guess, would be similar. Well, we'll see. Um, let, okay, so let's examine the way they were used. Let's start with Justin Fields because he seemed to have turned a lot of heads. He was enabled to make a lot of throws. To he threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He played more of the game. Uh, and and when you compare that to say what Zach Wilson was afforded, what uh, Trevor Lawrence was afforded, they really didn't get an opportunity to really show their stuff. But I'm not sure that that's a bad way to go. I, I think the coaches just wanted to want to feed these guys bit by bit and not throw them into really tough situations. And, yeah, I mean, Giants fans were pointing out that Zach Wilson was going up against third-string defenders and whatnot. But I thought Zach looked pretty good. Uh, I, I thought he looked really comfortable on the field, which is a big deal when you're playing in your first NFL game. He looked, he looked good. Made good choices, didn't do anything spectacular, but you're going to see him as the preseason goes on try to to do a little more. And whether he's successful at that, uh, I'm not sure. But a lot of zip on the ball, looked comfortable, and uh, looked like he was uh, an NFL quarterback. So here's Pro Football Focus's opinion, okay. Gordon. Right. If you're not uh, folks out there, Pro Football Focus, they uh, grade out college. Well, they do college too, but college and pro and. That's their big thing, evaluating film. Um, here's how the the rookies, uh, first round rookies, rated out this weekend. Okay, the best, Mac Jones from the Patriots at 82. Okay. Number two, Zach Wilson from the Jets, 78.8. Number three, Justin Fields from the Bears. Now the gap here is is pretty significant. He was back at 64.2, followed by Trevor Lawrence at 58 and a half, and finally Trey Lance at 49 even. So Trey Lance had the 80-yard touchdown pass. What were they basing their criteria on? Well, they, their quarterback grades. It's, it's based on all of the criteria. I don't know specifically what their okay. formula is, but all that's right. – they. I mean, they evaluate all the positions. and Yeah. 
All right, because I saw other listings where it was a different order, but it, it's fine. I mean, these guys, I think all of them represented themselves pretty well based on what they were given and uh, what their opportunity was. That's why I find at least it piqued my interest to watch all these guys. I mean, we don't even know who's going to start in Chicago, but Justin Fields getting a lot of love from even LeBron James. <laughs> who's an Ohio State fan? So you, you, you're uh, you're trusting LeBron's quarterback evaluation more than pro football focus? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that uh, it'll be interesting to watch these guys. I I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a terrific quarterback. Don't you? Who's going to be a terrific quarterback? Trevor Sorry. Lawrence. Uh, I'm not convinced of that. No, really. I'm not convinced any of these guys are going to be great. How could you? I'm not convinced, but I think I think he he seems to be well equipped. I mean, I've certainly been wrong on both sides of the coin about rookie quarterbacks. I think it's nearly impossible uh, to predict. I mean, I I thought Baker Mayfield was going to be a complete failure, and love him or hate him, he certainly is not that. Right? True. So I mean, I've. Jake and I had the the heated debate of Mariota yes. or Winston back in the day. Yes, right. we did. I guess you slightly won, but really neither of them really did anything yet. Well, we'll see if Jameis wins the uh, the job down there with the Saints. But yeah, right, exactly. I mean, who knows? Mariota was the second pick in the draft, right? Coming off a Heisman campaign, everybody thought he was going to be awesome. Yeah, it is a bit of a crutch. <laughs> he has not been. Yeah, it's just anybody who's telling you one of these guys is going to be a star right now, or that uh, that Bozo uh, New York Jets fan that we played his call into the radio, you don't know. I uh, I sort of was watching some of the reaction to the way these rookie quarterbacks played, and uh, it seems like every team fan base was kind of encouraged by what they saw out of their out of their uh, faces of the franchise moving forward. And of course, nobody knows, but it is kind of fun to see what the reaction is. And uh, I, from that perspective, in that perspective alone, I think Zach Wilson uh, advanced himself with those will be gone Jets fans. Yeah. I don't know if he's advanced anything. He survived his first preseason his first game, week. I suppose. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the top Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here for our friends at Peach Window and Door. They are locally owned and operated. They are passionate Utah Jazz fans, and they are eager to help Zone listeners with their window and door needs. They've been Utah's premier window and door retailer, combining beauty and technology since 1993. And listen, custom work is what they do. They're all about your satisfaction. If you can dream it, they can do it. And listen, they're a turnkey window and door company. Uh, which means a lot of great things. First of all, no high-pressure sales. As I mentioned, they want you to get what you want. No more, no less. So you don't have to worry about them pushing you in one direction uh, or another. Uh, They don't do the subcontractor thing. They do all their own install with their own crews, which means they get to control it and they could get this, help you get what you want. You don't get ghosted. Customer service is what... They are all about. If you call them, they will answer. If you if they have a question or if you have a question for them, they will answer. It's uh, uh, exactly what they do. They also offer zero percent interest financing. Uh, they have free in-home estimates. So get the ball rolling today. You can go to PeachBuildingProducts.com. Find out why they have over 255 star reviews on Google. Uh, their showroom is just beautiful. Go see for yourself. 2940 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City, or give them a call. Schedule one of those free in-home estimates. Eight. 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255. Peach Window and Door. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Dr. Ute update here on the big show. Gordon, you've been uh, talking a lot about the old throw game from the Utes. Here's Coach Witt talking about what he thought of the passing game uh, during the scrimmage on Saturday. Good, clean scrimmage uh, for the first time out with extensive live work. I'm very pleased. A lot of good stuff. A lot of teaching moments, uh, situational teaching in particular. Both quarterbacks look good. The first two guys, it's going to be it's going to be a close competition. I'm telling you right now, it's it's uh, neck and neck. You know, a lot of good uh, things out of the offense. The offense had the better day. And, uh, yeah, we held some guys out on defense, uh, Devin Lloyd, Mika Tafua. So the premier guys on D were not out there. But but uh, still, the offense had great juice, uh, a lot of passion, and uh, made plays really good in the, in the throw game. That was the probably the uh, highlight of the day was uh, the production that we had in the throw game. This huge update brought to you by Big O Tires. Right now through September 6th, save $150 on Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires anniversary sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How'd the markets do today there, Gordon? A little bit mixed, but uh, mostly up. The Dow, Jake, was up 110 points. Viola. Ah. The NASDAQ was uh, down 29 points. Uh, what's 500 bucks? You know, <laughs> and the S&P was up uh, almost 12 points. Exclamation mark. <laughs> When Ants was doing an open mic and and speaking like it was a voice text. Exclamation mark. What do you say? Exclamation mark or exclamation point? Exclamation point. That's accurate, isn't it? I believe so. My wife calls them explanation points. Oh. She can't say the word exclamation. Well, you know what? Uh, As a guy who gets uh, tongue-tied on a lot of words, I'm not going to uh, criticize your wonderful wife. For that. But yeah, that, that was funny from our guy Hans. You know, Jake, as we were listening to Kyle Whittingham talk there during the Ute update, and he said, Did he, did I hear him say they were doing a lot of situational learning? It reminded me of, of our guy Ajay, mm-hmm. situational punting. Um, oh, no, punting and situational football. <laughs> oh, was that? That's what it was. I thought he said situational punting. No, punting but- and situational football. Uh, real quick, speaking of Coach Witt, this the tweet just came out seconds ago. So this is uh, right from Witt just um, uh, just now. So John Peace, uh, who, if you're just joining us, uh, former U coach, uh, passed away today at the age of 77. Coach Witt says, John Peace was one of my favorite people ever. He was my friend. It was an honor working with him, learning from him, and knowing him. He impacted the lives of countless people and will be missed. The Utah family lost a great one. We send condolences to his wife and loved ones. And I can guarantee darn to you that, that those words are about as sincere as they come. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more with that for sure. All right, let's get out to the uh, zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's hanging out with us today. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And Andrew, uh, and probably a lot of guys listening to us out there, they've been struggling, uh, you know, in one way or another with ED. I know that it's kind of a broad spectrum, but they need to uh, struggle no further. There's an answer. There is an answer. And you may be out there listening, uh, I don't know, 30s. I'm in my 30s, 30s, 40s, and feeling like, you're too young to have ED. Um, this shouldn't be happening to you, and therefore you do nothing about it. And you may notice that the relationship is kind of suffering um, and the intimacy levels are down. That is so normal, and I think doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. You don't have to live with it. The wave therapy at Wasatch Medical with gentle pressure waves can open up and regrow the blood vessels. It's backed by 50 clinical studies saying it does exactly that. Maybe you just want more frequency in the bedroom, and it can help with that. It does really well. This is uh, also helping guys with severe erectile dysfunction that may have been taking the pill for a long time, 
We've seen relief from that. And it has been called the new standard of care for ED. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you've talked about this a lot, but don't put up with those uh, those side effects. You don't need to. The hangover effect and, and the, the lack, uh, you know, it, it, it is less and less functional over time. I mean, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, and guys do deal with some really bad side effects from it, uh, almost like they have the flu the next day. Uh, even if the side effects aren't all that bad, there's no spontaneity with the pill. I'm not meeting a lot of couples that like to schedule or plan intimate moments. They want on-demand function, and that is what the technology at Wasatch Medical can restore. 801-901-8000, that is the number to call. Get in, see the doctor, find out if it's going to be a good fit, and uh, some other stuff for free as well, right? A lot for free today. Uh, And you can leave your wallet at home. There's no obligation to any of this. Uh, It's the first step in getting rid of your ED. We'll do the assessment, the exam, and the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, uh, no charge. Uh, You get a gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom, very powerful. And uh, also, if you feel like you need it, blood work and testosterone are included for free as well. That's a lot of value. Uh, It's all no charge. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, Jay. We'll have more uh, Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger. Obviously a weird year last year. You play five games and you, you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player yeah. is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans or anything at the games. and. You know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff, so I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.